0: and welcome back to I Love That For You, the podcast celebrating the late bloomers and trailblazers of all walks of life. I'm Kelly. And I'm Red. And today is Tuesday Tea. We have none other than... It's my husband. It's Sean Johnson. (laughs) You guys already know him. He has a lot of the music in this. All the music, actually. Yeah, he is our theme music. (laughs) I'm not. My friends and I are. I know we're thinking it's nepotism, but actually this guy has pivoted many times in his life and it's very good for our audience to hear from. He's had many lives, would you say? I'd say so. (laughs) So before we dive into that, though, we're going to warm you up with some James Lippin questions oh i get it. t lipton he's so funny no? red look at him <laughs> he's a comedian I you love know it's this. sad this i don't comment.
1: think i ever made that connection and now you i'm like it. why didn't we ever say that I this know, is why we need right. you sean
2: I need more dad jokes on the show
1: you
0: Do so he's yep. here to bring them and so yes i
1: plead the fifth <laughs> for the next half hour <laughs> This will be that's the it, shortest episode we have Short, ever recorded. I mean, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: Bye. So, to start us off, Hi. what is your favorite word? My favorite word, motherfucker.
1: Well, Rob, oh. that takes it away from your next question. That's okay, because if that's his favorite word as well as his favorite curse word, I don't blame him.
0: Is that your favorite it word? Is. It is. Motherfucker's favorite is. curse yeah.
1: word? Yeah. Uh
2: if you read Miles Davis's autobiography um he uses motherfucker as verb, adjective, <laughs> noun. Uh and it works so well. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's like
1: slightly more specific. We've both talked about how we love fuck. Yep. But Motherfucker just adds a little extra flavor, which, yeah, I like that. It's it's gratifying. And you can use
2: it, like, someone I admire, like, oh man, you know, that guy's a motherfucker. Like, if he's a good musician or mm. or, that, or you see a movie that you're really like, that movie's a motherfucker. I just feel, and then you can also say, you motherfucker. <laughs> you could be really angry at someone. I just feel like it's very multi-purpose. All the time has yeah, yeah. been on for three and a half minutes and I've said Motherfucker about six times. That's so. fine.
0: My mom loves it. Hi, okay. Mom, if you're listening, she loves that I say fuck a lot. And she's gonna
1: love that I said it just then. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, Sean, what what is your favorite sound? Does motherfucker count? <laughs> but like specifically when uh, Samuel L. Jackson says it. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Corny as this may be, uh, I love the sound of crashing waves.
0: That's yeah. not corny. It's beautiful. We love, yeah. and we got married by a beach.
1: Yeah, and motherfucker. <laughs> The motherfucking beach, got it. We gotta do a count
0: on this episode, Reg.
1: Yeah, uh, if we turn it into a drinking game, we cannot condone that because yeah. people will actually get sick. And Absolutely, <laughs> we won't be liable for that. So, <laughs> Our yeah. first lawsuit. Nope. How we know we made
2: it? <laughs> we will be sick as a motherfucker.
1: Oh my god! Exactly. Okay. Hey. No.
0: What is your favorite food? Did you just cook it for us? He's, no, no. He's the chef, by the way, everyone.
2: I've had this question asked before, you know, like prison, you know, you're uh, on death row, you're or last Even though I have an intolerance to lactose, I really do love pizza, but I really love french fries. I don't know. I like a lot of food. It depends, right? After a long run, sometimes <laughs> I crave a muffin. It's very strange. It depends on the time of day. I mean, there's specific foods I eat almost regularly every day because I'm a creature of habit, but I can't eat french fries or pizza every day. So when I do have it, and especially if they're good, it's very gratifying. Like a five-year-old pizza.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did not say you have to have a sophisticated yeah, answer, you, like mmmm, caviar, yes, I love. But, I, but I've had, you know, I've
2: had foie gras, and it's like, it's fine. You know, a nice cut of mahi-mahi. We had a really good mahi-mahi in, in Bora Bora. Uh, we had a like a radish salad in Mexico that was incredible. So, you know, yeah. it, it just, it just depends. Where is your favorite place to visit? what's the circumstance? Like, are we talking <laughs> vacations? Do we talk about places to go? I mean, Both. I, I love the beach. I grew up not too far from the beach and I didn't go enough and I took it for granted. And so now mm-hmm. that I live further away from the beach, when I'm there, there's just something really special about it.
0: So anywhere you near the water.
2: Yeah. The constants of the waves, you know, the movement of the ocean, the fact that you can look out and see, you know, nothing, you know, kind of makes you feel small and in a, in a good and humbling way.
0: That's great. Like each other, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> What is your favorite quote? Do you
2: have one? Have mm, like a mantra? You know there's one. There's one today. Oh, uh, oh look at that! Honestly, I would pull out Miles Davis's book and find oh. some sort of reference to somebody being a motherfucker. <laughs> Here, stall for a second because I have that quote. I want to oh say oh, it, okay. and I think and I think it it would be good for the listeners. Okay,
0: Red, let's talk shit about him. So, how's he doing so far? <laughs> doing good. Is I think you should bad? marry him. I like. I think you should marry him. I guess yeah. Yeah. he cooks enough. See, oh, he's back. Okay, never mind. Bye. <laughs>
2: Hi, I'm here. So I have this thing. Um, anytime I read a book or listen to a book on audio or whatever, if I find a quote that strikes me, I'll copy and paste it or voice note it into a live document that I've had for the last three or four years. Oh, that's um, cool. And it's just thoughts to reference and things that might inspire me. Or if I write a book one day, you know, you always put like a quote at the beginning of each chapter. So I have this sort of running list of quotes. But mm-hmm. um, one today I read was, To attain knowledge, add things every day. To attain wisdom, subtract things. Every day, oh. um, wrote that. So, yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of nice. Just you know, it's kind of a New Year thing, right? Uh, people want to have resolutions, lose weight, or gain more knowledge, whatever you know. Um, so, I thought that that was kind of a fitting. I quote love that. that. Yeah. That's oh, really wow. cool. That's I like that a lot. Yeah, and, and you know, New Year too, you want to kind of get rid of negativity in your life, or you know, add things that give you uh, more purpose. And so, I thought that was a nice, simple way to. Still, that thought.
0: I actually really love that. That's yeah. Fun. Thank you for that.
2: I've got thousands more. Oh, he so. does. I, have, I see it right here. Uh, Link, Lincoln Biden.
0: Lincoln Biden. Oh, oh, boy, Red. I see this next one. It's going to probably be a 30-minute answer. So oh, luck. I love this. Godspeed. Okay. Uh, so, big uh, oh question. Oh what oh
1: is your favorite movie? Oh Here we
0: go.
1: No,
2: I have a, I have a simple answer. Oh, that. you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, incorrect. I'm a big movie fan, but yeah, my favorite movie. Uh, you know, Letterboxd, they have your top four, so I always mm-hmm. think about like, that top four thing. So I've got, I'll, I'll go backwards. I've got This Is Spinal Tap. Mm. I've got <laughs> Ghostbusters, the original. I've got Jackie Brown. Um, and then my number one is The Night of the Living Dead.
1: Oh, I knew from that. From 1968. Ah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think I think the movie holds up. I think it's more poignant now than it was in 1968, or at least as poignant. We got the whole zombie thing. The way they made it, it was very DIY, so that spirit is something that's, you know, I feel it's alive in me and when I see things like that that succeed both on a visual level and the subtextual level, you know, it, it, and it holds up. I think it's kind of a perfect movie in that regard.
0: What is your favorite karaoke song, and there is a right answer, babe. Oh God! You know about our dating history. <laughs> okay, Can this is our- a
1: interview. This is not an interrogation, Kelly. Oh, no, it's an uh, interrogation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you should see how close she is to me right I'm
1: now. I'm very close. To her. Oh God! What is the? It's,
0: it's a little. Alarming. I'm glad
1: the camera's off, so I don't have to witness what happens next. Witness if you're the wrong. <laughs> that we are
0: uh, having right now. What is the answer, Heidi? I've got
2: two answers. I've got the Kelly answer, and I've got the Sean answer. <laughs> And then I have a story answer.
0: Okay, let's do all three. All
2: right, uh, the Kelly answer is Friday I'm in Love by The Cure. Mm -hmm. Ah. Because that was the karaoke duet, which is not even really a duet of a song, but we just made it like that. We made it one. Uh, We did that sort of when we were courting one another.
0: And I walked down the aisle to it. Thank you, pretty
2: flowers. Yeah, you did. I was going to say we did, but yes, you did. I walked down the aisle And we've done it a few times since, so it's kind of, you know, our song. Mm -hmm. Um. My karaoke song would be uh, Regulate by Nate Dogg and Warren G. <laughs> I do nice. the Warren G part. That's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, my buddy Fabian usually does the Nate Dogg part.
1: Hey, Fabian. Part. So you're definitely uh, more of a duet guy, huh?
2: So I've only done karaoke a handful of times in my life. And before I met Kelly, I'd only done it once. Oh, and wow. that was the night before my first wedding on Catalina Island there's a karaoke bar and it was the very first time I'd done karaoke I'm horrified to be like the only person on stage with all eyes on me I'm not Interesting. quite of a singer I'm not a a good singer and so in my head I feel like if you're doing karaoke you have to sing well which I know is not the case You just got Uh -uh. on it so you know I got a little liquid courage in me and I was like if I'm going to do a karaoke song I'm going to do No More Mr. Nice Guy by Alice Cooper Boomer Choice
0: uh, but (laughs) very much so
2: but I love that song and I just said it just felt right I knew it and so my buddy Daniel kind of loosened me up a little bit and helped me with the first verse and then I took off took off so much so that I was basically turning into Alice Cooper I was jumping <laughs> onto the furniture in the bar. Got on the bar. The security like pulled me down, grabbed me. <sighs> attempted to kick me out of the bar, but the song was still playing, so I wanted to finish the song. Oh, my God. <laughs> And got really into it, got real theatrical with it. It I was love a lot of fun. It. Someone had to talked to the security off a ledge and said, hey, this is the night before his wedding, yada, yada. You know, he's <laughs> just having a good time. I wasn't hurting anyone. I wasn't even drunk. I just like really wanted to perform. And that helped me kind of get over that anxiety of, of, of doing karaoke. Getting
0: married or karaoke? Karaoke. Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: it subconsciously, it could have been the latter, but it was more the former of just like, I'm scared to do this in front of people. But it was fun. There's a good picture of it too.
1: What is your favorite compliment you've ever received and or that you like to give?
2: There's, there's a, there was a running joke in my life, and you can ask any of my bandmates that I've been in bands with. Every time I play a gig and somebody comes up to me and compliments me, they'll say, Oh, you got such great energy. And like, mm-hmm. it's a compliment. I like that. But it is it's, it became very kind of redundant and obvious. And so we always made jokes out of it. and so. Is obviously of course I have good energy because I'm enjoying myself on stage and I'm gonna present that energy, but um, sometimes people will come up to me and say, you really have a good feel. And as a drummer, mm. that's very important, you know? Like, I'd rather have a good feel than good energy because, you know, Animal from the Muppets has good energy, but does he have a good feel? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I liked, you know, just in terms of compliments I've gotten on a consistent basis or, you know, more than once, um, mm-hmm. you've got good feels kind of make, it makes me feel good it means that, like they see what i'm doing and they're internalizing it and appreciating it and um that, that's it and then key giving do, well do you yeah. <laughs> I, well,
1: I, 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 I do well i know I, I wow okay <laughs> Again, should I step away? <laughs> yeah, you should
0: step away, Red. We're going to duke it out right now. Bandit's going to ref.
2: So I guess aside from that whole, you know, drumming thing, uh, when people do compliment me, I do get uncomfortable. And so maybe there's a projection where right? it's like hard for me to compliment people. But I like telling people and this is kind of a new thing um, that I'm proud of them. Um, oh, if, somebody, wow. if somebody, you know, hey, I got a new job or something that's, you know, of, of, of note, or even maybe even not, you know, you know, I'm proud of you. I think that goes a long way I think it's something I learned in therapy and um, I like to say that more often if I can
0: you said to me the other day because I am about the podcast actually yep. so thank you're
1: working you. hard Aww. thank
0: you babe Aww. I'm taking yeah, the like compliment
1: you. too because I'm also yeah, on and it and you're giving Red the compliment yeah <laughs> he's proud of you <laughs> thanks that is a really good one though yeah like that. because i mean i don't think we hear it as often as we like no. and that's why i like had a very reactionary yeah. response to that because i was like oh yeah what a simple compliment but at the same time how powerful is that that's a good one good well yeah i mean it depends
2: on how you were
1: brought up right yeah did your parents yeah. say it to you or
2: yeah. did they not yeah. but we, we can get into that what 200
0: yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite drink
2: uh, oh i feel like alcohol. i even
0: know this <laughs> yeah i think red knows this answer i mean Uh, (laughs) i guess
2: i guess my ties of
0: course course. Mm -hmm. uh
2: specifically trader Vic recipes yeah um the the lesser of the sweeter uh tiki drinks
1: yeah so yeah
2: as far as an alcoholic drink that's that's one
1: Because you also read so much, I feel like this one might be tricky, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. what is your favorite book?
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: that might be tricky, huh?
2: In high school, uh, I read The Stranger by Albert Camus, and that had a big impact on me. So I would, you know, kind of put put that on my Mount Rushmore of books. I'll tie this to my favorite movie, uh, I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. Mm. Mm. Um, that's that's kind of the inspiration for *Night of the Living Dead*. Sort of the first in the like isolated person in the apocalypse uh, genre. Those, yeah, those I two don't are really think I realized comedy.
1: I made that connection before, or there was that connection. But yeah, yeah. especially because like the actual film *I Am Legend* did not uh, really stay true to the book. No. Um, <laughs> it was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: said it, I didn't.
1: <laughs> so those two sort of come to mind.
2: But since I've been going back in school, I've been reading a lot more and a lot of non-fiction. So a lot of people ask what my favorite fiction is. And so I always kind of say it's those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do read a lot of Miles Davis's autobiography.
0: Obviously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tie everything. Everything goes,
0: miles. We have a everything goes back miles. to
1: motherfucker.
0: <laughs> motherfucker and yeah. Miles.
1: Yeah. Motherfucking Miles. <laughs>
0: Motherfucking Miles. What was your favorite subject in school?
2: English. I no matter how many C's and D's I got, um, I generally got B's and and A's in English. Uh, I loved reading, and I was uh, kind of ahead of the curve with reading. I blame my mom for that. She she was an avid reader, and she uh, instilled a love of reading in me, which um, I I, I, I love. And kind of a chubby kid, and I liked eating pizza. They had a program in the early nineties called (gasps) Book It or something like that, (laughs) where anytime you read a book, you'd get a free personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. And so there was like, do you remember this?
1: I, I do noticed. they did this i think rhode island was a little delayed and i think we did it later a pizza for reading a book yeah and yeah. that and is so, every, yep
2: yeah and- no no so that like it was like second i think it was second third and fourth grade i read all the books even adult <laughs> books. i was as, as, as many books as i can read i got so many free pizzas i was just, i was stoked romance
0: if- novels fabio uh, I, it, my
2: mom my mom did love daniel steele i did read some daniel steele novels did but kingdom should- of course Stephen King so yeah in those years I read a lot because the incentive was free pizza
1: what is your favorite season the season where Mac
2: was fat
0: uh, ha, ha, <laughs>
2: uh, that had the best episode well that's hey,
0: some
1: people will say that always sunny joke for those who don't know the but fat Mac maybe that's telling purple. too yeah does he yeah, like yeah. when the weather's always sunny that's a really good answer.
2: <laughs> no, I, I assume you're talking fall, winter, spring, summer. No,
0: you're talking a sunny.
1: <laughs> uh, fall. I will say fall you were the fall. first person to answer yeah, like was.
0: that. I like that. That's good. I'm surprised Lee didn't. Haley, <laughs> You missed out. But
2: the real answer is fall. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Uh, I'm, okay, a, I'm a Halloween maniac. Oh, and, no. uh, if
0: I can do that now, what's your favorite holiday? That's one of the questions. <laughs>
2: Thanksgiving. No,
0: uh,
2: Halloween. There's something, especially, and I born and raised in LA. That's the first time in the year calendar year that like things start to feel like slightly seasonal because there are really no seasons in LA like it'll Mm -hmm. rain sometimes it'll be cold it'll be hot but when the leaves start to fall and it gets dark early you know there's an interesting vibe in the air and I know Halloween's coming up and so I get excited about that. Yeah.
1: What is your favorite smell? Coffee. Good (laughs) answer.
2: Agreed. Opening you know opening the the can of coffee to start making coffee in the morning when that that smell just envelops your face. Or (laughs) if you just walk by a cafe. Yeah.
0: what is your favorite outdoor activity? I know dance answered this. Just running? Yep. <laughs> That's how we met. Gardening?
1: <laughs> that would be a wild response yes. after knowing right. what I know, basically. <laughs> it would be like, and we'll what? get into that your story. It's so.
2: funny. I don't think about... Um, Running is an outdoor activity. I just think about it. It's something I I do. But yeah. I guess it is an outdoor it activity. It
0: is an outdoor activity. I mean, well, you maybe could, could do be it indoors. inside on
2: a treadmill. Yeah. yeah. But I. Or I, I if, if I bandits outside.
1: on the loose inside the house yeah. with something, then you're running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is your favorite day of the week?
2: Uh, obviously, answer would be Friday. Uh, but lately... are you in love? <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Light nice. Right
2: uh, yes, Robert <laughs> Robert Smith and I. Yeah. You know, Thursday. I don't care about you. Actually, I do care about Thursday. Uh, Last couple years, um, I've been running with a running group, uh, Skid Row Running Club, Um, and when I'm not in school, I run with them and it requires me getting up at 5 a.m. to meet them at 6 a.m. to go for a run. I know that sounds horrible. I've never
0: seen that hour.
2: (laughs) It sounds horrible to many, but uh, on those days, I run with them and the rest of Thursday just feels really good. And then sometimes I might cap it off and run with another run group, uh, the Eagle Rock Run Club at night. it's not the double runs that I like, it's more just uh, seizing the day. And for some reason that running with the Skid Row group just kind of makes me it just energizes me for the day and I feel really good about mm. what comes next. And I think maybe, you know, it's 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 weekend light, you know, that means tomorrow's Friday, so there's that sort of excitement in the air. That's your long winded answer. So Thursday. Thursday.
0: Before Red <laughs> asked this last one, what is your favorite thing about me, hun? <laughs> <laughs> about you? About me.
2: Not that voice.
0: Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> oh. what's your least favorite show? You can do that.
2: I don't want to play that game. <laughs> the way you, and it might not sound like the, with the dynamic of the show currently at the moment, but the way you, you make me feel comfortable to be me. Oh. Yeah, you know, I, I, I my brain's usually at, a, at at an eleven, and being with you behind closed doors and when we're just by ourselves, uh, you know, I'm I'm down to sort of normal human level, and it, it and it, uh, I love that you can do that to me without even trying.
0: Should I marry him? I think, I think you should. should. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'll that, be your witness. I have
2: I have a hundred <laughs> other things, but again, it's it's just there's a level of comfortability, and it's not it's not complacency. It's just. It's comfortable. It fits, yeah. and, and that feeling is pretty Aww. pretty great for me.
0: Babe. And you do that for me. Yeah. I love that you can. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I mean, that is one of your many great qualities. Yes. You I
1: love that I do the dishes.
0: I feel very <laughs> good. well. Yeah. It's
1: also that's not an easy thing to find either. Someone that you can be your true, authentic self with, and have, be vulnerable enough to just let the guard down and just be yourself. And be comfortable in that, because yeah, that can be I mean, a very I mean. vulnerable state too. To be like, okay, this is me, not the performative me, not the me that I put on for this. Others. but but mm-hmm. percent yeah. that's
0: a big thing I've been dealing with. Actually, it's like how, who we are outside others versus who we are really. But why can't those exist? Like, you know, what I mean, outside of home, you know.
2: And we could be both together. I mean, we both get on, get on each other's nerves, obviously, what do
0: you
2: mean? <laughs> but. But that's just that just makes us human, you know, Um, right. But at the end of the day, we know that we're going to go to bed and not wake up and have that present.
1: Oh, what's your favorite thing about me? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, actually,
0: Uh, actually, she has one. (laughs) uh,
1: Oh, that's not good. That's
0: really not good. Listening to
2: the show and Uh hearing you now talk to me, uh, you have a you have a soothing voice. You do. You have a a voice for for, ra- I guess, radio. I have a
1: face oh, for radio. But not like,
0: not-
1: I said voice. I said No, yeah. oh. no, no. no. That's very it's sweet. But, but So that was just a joke, but that is very sweet of you to say. You didn't have to say that, but it I appreciate that. It's not like that old school radio voice. Like, hey! <laughs> oh, God. Um, I would love to be able to do one of yeah. those like, especially like the, and now welcome to this radio show and <laughs> see what we have here. What I was actually going to ask seriously is what is your favorite thing about yourself? I've got good energy.
2: <laughs> no it was part of my wedding vows to kelly and i think it exemplifies our relationship too but i guess resilience yeah. that's something mm-hmm. i like about myself even though i'm like a porcelain doll Emotionally, with a lot of things, and I overthink everything, and I think everyone hates me a lot of the time.
1: Ah, welcome to being human. Or something, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> if something shitty happens, you know, um, I I feel like I'm, I'm resilient. You could talk to my therapist about this, but you know, I'm I'm better equipped with I think emergencies than I am of like spilling the ketchup on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think resilience might be my.
0: It's a good segue. Many things I love about you, but I love that you've had so many lives and you've transitioned and you're kind of like a light-blooming trailblazer of sorts. So you are. You're redefining yourself in this second quarter, second half of your life.
2: I think it's like a third or fourth. I think a third. <laughs>
0: you've had many lives. You're a cat, basically. So, whatever you're comfortable sharing, kind of take us through each live. You've lived. You've lived so many, and you're going into a really exciting new chapter. Scary, uncharted territory, sort of like Red with her. She's going to school for makeup, and mm-hmm. um, you're you're doing similar, but you're doing it for therapy. So we both um, are focused it- on the head. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so both, both of you are focused on it's the head. True. One external, one, <laughs> one internal. One external, one internal.
2: Is this going to be like a four hour show? Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> what were you like as a kid in high school? What did you gravitate towards? How'd you go? I
2: was born on a <laughs> Cold December night <laughs> in
0: 1983. John Lennon's birth or not birth? Uh,
2: his... He was assassinated three years to the day before I was born.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
2: but my birthday is the day of mourning for John Lennon, yeah. which is a bummer.
0: Yeah,
2: it's also Sinead O'Connor's birthday. It Rest is. in peace. Wow, musicians
0: um, left and right.
2: So. I was thinking about this uh, last night for some odd reason. So I guess my parents tell the story better, but the night I was born, it was the series finale of Hill Street Blues, which was this very uh, popular show in the 70s and 80s. Los Angeles cop show mm-hmm. series finale and my dad mom tell it that like all the nurses uh, you know the RNs all the people in the hospital were so attached to the TVs in the hallway watching the series finale of this show because you know, obviously in the early 80s you, you must know,
0: see TV it was must
2: see TV millions and millions of people were watching this um, so I just joked that like even when I was born I was being ignored <laughs>
1: I'm,
2: ki- I'm kidding I know it's, it's a dark ending no but it's just
1: the <laughs> beginning <laughs> it's just no, it's hey just, listen it's just the we're story. talking tea here so yeah oh we're talking I feel like tea it, I think we're getting a little bit stronger.
2: <laughs> yeah. I drink espresso, not too. Yeah. Very dark. I don't
0: a Tuesday espresso. Uh, black coffee. Yeah. Hold
1: uh, the cream. We're getting dark here.
2: We're getting dark. <laughs> but no, I just thought that was sort of a funny uh, anecdote to being born into the world during the series finale of The <laughs> <I mean, laughs> cop Show. I don't think I'm that unique in that I've gone through childhood traumas. I've gone through adult traumas. I've had really bad breakups. I've lost friends, both sort of in a literal sense by, by death and some by quote unquote divorce, you know, friend divorce. Yeah. I've gotten a literal mm-hmm. uh, divorce. You know, I've had one goal in mind since I was 12 years old to do one thing. And I realized I can't do that. That goal <laughs> was to be a rock star. You know, when I was 12 years old. I was like, this is what I wanted to do. I play the drums. I'm a drummer. And that was, yeah, when I was 12, I started playing the drums, uh, because of Green Day and I've, I still play, you know, almost every day. Um, Mm -hmm. I love to do it. I always say I'll probably die on a drum set. No, it's not (laughs) dark. It's just like, I love it that much.
1: That's his natural place where he'll go and relax. And so a very peaceful way actually. And it is my
2: identity. And there's, you know, I'll hold that thought for, for sort of later and, part of why I'm
0: constantly going
2: through an existential (laughs) crisis every single day. (laughs) But yeah, so that was just something I've always wanted to do and I've gotten, you know, sort of close and uh, just realizing that I would have had to have made certain compromises um, that I didn't want to, to achieve that goal. And so I, didn't put all my eggs in that basket
0: can we hold for um, a second to say that he turned down avril levine it was
2: it was a tour it was a tour it was a
1: tour with avril levine but damn we'll have to I cut just... that for the canadian audience because that's oh, sacrilegious That's
0: right that's sacrilege for a very famous <laughs> pop star he turned down her tour yeah
2: it, it just it was music that i would have not liked to have played and yeah. that would have been one of those compromises that i spoke of yeah. um no, so I, if i'm not gonna applaud you if i'm not gonna be happy doing this this thing every day you know living in in a in a truck or a bus or van or whatever it is and I don't, I don't want to do it and so you know my dad had always said not to put all my eggs in one basket and whether or not that's good advice or not it's still like in my brain and so I um, pivoted to television and so that's been my my living working in post production and television for the last mm-hmm. fifteen years I think mm-hmm. but I still play music the bands are irre- relevant in the sense that like it's, yeah. it's 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 a life's work and this is something I'm learning in therapy you know everything you do is is part of of your life and bands don't last forever and I think this is maybe I tied to my resilience is that you when you do put all your eggs in that one basket let's say that band that band is going to break up even if you're Mm -hmm. super famous you might break up or you lose a member, and it's not the same and it made me realize that not everything lasts forever and i think it kind of helps when going gets rough because yeah nothing lasts forever you know like i said like i said i go through divorce as much as that hurt to do that i do accept that nothing lasts forever so with each sort of wave in my life uh accepting that something else ahead makes it more palatable kind of losing my train of thought here but no no, no. um, i
1: i feel like i get what you're saying where it's like both the good and the bad is nothing lasts like this will pass the good the bad bad, all that's gonna pass so even though it's difficult there is a yeah there's something to everything yeah Yeah. and i
2: think in being a drummer musician um you know, I can't do it forever. You know, at some point, like your, your joints, I know there's like jumpers in their sixties still rocking it seventies, but it does take its toll physically on you. um, Whether it's Mm -hmm. your hearing loss or your joints or your shoulders, your back, your arms, your wrists, you know, all those things that kind of come with that. So I I think about that stuff a lot too. And the music thing, it's, it's something that's going to be with me forever, but I, I, it's all waves. I got to, do it because I love it. One thing I need to do is learn to say no more to mm. certain to certain things. But but again, I I love it so much. But the crazy thing with music is that it it's been the death of me in a lot of ways, but it's also given me like a life. The death of me in the sense that I put myself in on this pedestal that I should should be somewhere doing this thing and I'm not there. So I'm kind of upset at myself for not having been there. But then I think about it and I go, actually. I play drums with Weird Al, or you know, I got to you know I got to be in a, a movie with Bobcat Goldthwaite as a drummer. Like, there's these cool little things that, that if you're out there and doing it, um, you have these cool experiences that that not many people have. And so I got to look at those little those little wins as as sort of part of my greater life's work instead of just being in U2 or Green Day or whatever. Right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, but those are some pretty epic moments, too, that you're talking about. (laughs) So some people would kill just for even just those opportunities as well. So it's not something to be like, I get what you're saying, where it's like, oh, being the band that you want to be the band that like you know of and like the household name, all of that. But there's still something to be said about being able to have these great moments and to be at that level where people are asking you, Weird Al, Avril, all those people are asking you to be a part of their music. Because you have the talent, you are, it's not that you're not talented, it's just the industry is also such a beast to really get in there. And you're still doing it, it's just not mm -hmm. in the way that you probably anticipated.
2: Yeah, and that's just something with with growing up and being more evolved as a human and uh, understanding that. But in the years leading up to now, you know, in my head, it's like, I didn't do it, fuck, like, I suck, like, what did I do wrong? And so you know, beating myself up for not having, you know, been the best. Um, But that's just, I think people, creatives, you know, maybe just they have that in their head. They just want to always be better than they can even, not, not be they can always be better but um there's an expectation people put this this crazy expectation on themselves and i'm I'm definitely one of them and yeah i just kind of learned that the hard way but also yes like you said um some of that stuff is so exciting to anyone else other than me that i shouldn't bite the hand that I feeds
0: want to talk about- about Lyme disease. Now, where does that fall on your journey? No, I'm serious. I want to talk about that. Where does that fall on your journey? Were you moving into TV at the time? That was a big part of your life. You were not doing so well for a minute.
2: Yeah. So I'll preface that by saying, being being a musician, like uh, you live your life uh, in in quick spurts gig to gig, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, you can't look too far ahead, because uh, there's like a gig every week. And so you got you got stuff on your calendar, like two months ahead, there's maybe some big stuff coming up, but you're living life by sports. And sometimes there's not a long view, if that makes any sense. So you kind of live life kind of sprinting, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. And so I was in that kind of zone, geez, I was 28, 29, when this happened. And I was playing gigs. I was, yes, I was working in TV, And I was not yet married to my first wife, um, but I visited her family up north, northern New York. Mm -hmm. uh, Upstate, yeah. Upstate, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) In a a cabin. um, And I guess I got bit by a tick. And I've never considered getting bit by a tick. I'm from Los Angeles. It's not a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I've gotten spider bites and mosquito bites and all kinds of bites, and I just go, oh, it's a bite, it'll go away. Uh, So I guess it happened there. And I just lived my life, kept going, 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 going. Um, I did have a bite on my foot, and I just kind of said, okay, it'll go away. Ignored it. A Few months go by. I start to feel sick. Um, I'm losing sleep. Uh, I'm just feeling weird. I'm losing muscle mass. This is all sort of within the span of like a year and a half almost. Oh, wow. Um, But I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just like, oh, I'm just tired. Or, Oh, I'm turning 30 soon. So I'm just getting old, you know, and you come up with these excuses <laughs> as to why, yeah. you know, your body's failing you. Oh yeah. I'm just old. You know, whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I ate too much. I drank too much. And you find these excuses. Um, I just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I was ignoring it. Um, and then I was in San Diego at Comic-Con playing a gig. Um, and my foot had swollen up like crazy so much so that I couldn't wear shoes uh i had i got flip-flops i was wearing flip-flops to the gig i played the gig barefoot um and i i don't know i swelled up um and i came back to the i was staying at a hostel cuz it was so cheap <laughs> yeah. and that night and i um woke up the next morning and i i almost blacked out oh and my God. I, I actually kind of blacked out for like a few seconds um very weird feeling i had never felt like that before and so my, luckily i was with my friend tony And he drove us home from San Diego. I went to urgent care. Uh, The doctor's like, yeah, you have some infections. I'm going to give you some antibiotics. Cool. It goes away. Uh, I get more sick (laughs) as the days go by. Whatever the antibiotic was, wasn't working. It was actually making everything worse. Um, And so within that sort of year that I'm talking about here, I'd go to the doctor and try to figure out what's going on with me. I would get Ambien because I wasn't sleeping, which is a Horrible idea. Anyone out there that's taken Ambien, you get some pretty crazy dreams. Mm. It's not fun. And I was just kind of a guinea pig for a while. So, long story short, getting sicker and sicker. And I go for a long walk with with my ex wife. And um, the next morning I wake up and my leg is super swollen. Um, And so I was like, okay, this is enough. I don't know what's going on. So I go to an orthopedist, just like on a whim. Why is my leg swollen? I went on a long run. Like, what's going on here? Do I need PT? And he. This, this man, I think, saved my life. But he's like, a friend of mine just got Lyme disease, and it sounds like you have the same symptoms. And so let's do blood work to see if there's Lyme uh, markers in your blood. Sure enough, it was like super elevated, like crazy. Oh, wow. And this is almost two years of me kind of suffering, you know, quietly. And he gave me antibiotics, and I was on a really crazy antibiotic. Not one that made me sicker, but like a, a good one. I had to take two giant pills a day for a year and the pills i had to take on an empty stomach so i was like sick all the time so it was like a you know upwards of a three-year process kind of getting through it you know i I would wake up in a cold sweat a lot of nights and say oh i I think i was dying and i accepted death at one point (laughs) i know it sounds super traumatic but uh you know in my head i was like i feel so shitty that if i don't wake up tomorrow uh i'll that's fine
1: i lived i lived a good life (laughs) i'm so sorry no it's i mean fine.
2: Um a lot of so a lot of that stuff happened in my brain and and all the while like it was me speeding through life playing gigs ignoring it you know like there were certain certain gigs i remember playing where i just could barely get through them because i was so exhausted um you know i lost more weight um yeah it's it it's crazy uh you know i'm not the only one kathleen hannah from bikini Coast, yeah. she, she went through a similar thing she had it worse she had it for five years before she got treated um but the thing with Lyme disease, it's autoimmune, right? So
0: it's you, dormant, but it's, it's still in you.
2: It, well, it's that t- well, yeah. it is now. Yeah. Uh, but what happens is it affects everything about you. So, like your brain, so like the brain fog that people talk about with COVID, you get that like crazy the Lyme disease. It just like eats away at your brain, it eats away at your muscles, it eats away at, like everything. And so I would wake up, I forget words. Um, like I said, I had no muscle mass. Um, just your, your body just falls apart from the inside. It's, it's crazy. Um, but again, you know, the antibiotics, a year on that, and then I'm you know, back to normal. Uh, but yeah, it was a crazy experience. And okay. no, I'm saying it got me to um, want to be more healthy. And so, so that's what
0: I was going to ask about the that's, running. that's when I got into mm-hmm. running okay,
2: kind of in, okay. in, in earnest. Um, you know, not that I wasn't, not that I was unhealthy, right? I just. Figured I, I these these feelings of death and not feeling good and all that stuff like I just wanted to find something that made me feel good and running kind of scratch that itch and so I've been doing that ever since. And
0: that's when I met you.
2: Well, that was many years later, but yeah, right. a couple of years. When did
0: you start? What you're
2: I ran the uh, first five k in like 2016. I oh, okay,
0: think. Yeah. before met 2017. We met in, we met in 18, of... no. We met in 17. Hmm. Anyway, the semantics. <laughs> and then I want to talk about when you made Pivot to go back to finish uh, your undergrad and school mm. and the path you're on now. So, well, I guess COVID. Let's go to COVID and your, your well, in so the industry. Well, so had you or been right? to,
1: well, I have a question just of, yes. so did you go to undergrad first and then you went back? Or sorry, because the phrasing you just said, I was... Oh, right. Sorry. So,
2: yeah. uh, no, so uh, I started going to community college out of high school 20 mm-hmm. some years ago and i was touring at the time intermittently so i would like go through a semester and i'd kind of slog through it and then once i started touring more trying to do both i couldn't so i was getting i think w's what do you call it when you don't fucks up your grades but so i was failing out of community college so i was like i just need to stop because if i decide to ever go back i'm screwed so i just stopped going completely i had okay grades but like i wasn't like serious about it because i wanted to be a rock star so then yeah uh during covid I had about nine months, right? Without, I wasn't working for nine months and then there were no gigs. Obviously, clubs were closed, so I wasn't playing music. So working in TV and playing music were like my identity or at least the things that got me out of bed every day. And so ha- not having those things really messed with my head. You know, it was a motherfucker of a time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was uh, for a lot of people, we yeah. find ourselves. We really went for
2: it. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm certainly not alone. It's a very common thing uh, to just, pivot and i i was during covid i was taking gigs that i didn't love because i needed the money and because i just needed to work and um you know one particular uh -hmm. company i worked for i did not have a good time and it really soured my tv experience even though there's like so many lovely great people i work with Mm -hmm. these people just like ruined everything for me um yeah (laughs) I, I wish I could say certain things, but I don't want to. I don't want yeah, no, to no, no, throw no. these these people under the bus. But it was a horrible experience, and in my head, I was like, "All right, this is my this is my chance." So I uh, re-enrolled to the community college I originally went to, finished oh, wow. that. My associates, I did that in a year and a half, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and then uh, applied for a bachelor's program, and that's where I'm currently uh, finishing this year uh, at Cal State uh, Dominguez Hills in Carson, California. Obviously, Cal State. Um, And I'm studying uh, psychology. And so um, currently, I'm working on applying for grad school. So what I want to do, I want to be a licensed MFT, marriage family therapist. That involves going through a master's program, doing 2,000 hours of clinical work, getting licensed, um, it's it's a huge mountain
1: to climb, and so um, what do you mean? So it's super easy, yeah, super easy, <laughs> not stressful at <laughs> like all. Like just the basic stuff you just listed is so yeah. much of a commitment to make towards that, let alone being in it, and then also the work that comes after of helping people in that way.
2: I mean, I when I think about it, I, you know, it's sort of in the way that you've
0: exclaimed <laughs> Oh, <No>, sorry <laughs>
2: <laughs> way to make it work you're worse. like yeah. oh crap <laughs> well,
0: where did you get um, the love of with this idea though? Like even psychology and MFT what, where did that come from
2: I've always had an interest in people. Um, I've been told I'm very judgy and, and mean, but I, I think I'm just, I'm observing, I think. Uh, and that could be perceived and perhaps can be seen as judgmental. But I just like, I try to get under the hood of like, why people say the things they do. I try to understand it. And, you know, I maybe I didn't come off as like doing it in a very nuanced way. And that's probably why I I'm a dick. Uh, but I didn't really have that epiphany until I was going through therapy myself. And what my therapist helped me do really opened my eyes to like how I could be as a person. And then the fact that he obviously you're the one that you're the one that helps yourself during therapy. You know, your therapist just kind of holds your hand and puts you in the right direction. They'll actually tell you what to do. You know, a good therapist doesn't like give you advice, right? You got to come up with your own answers. And so he guided me in such a way that, you know, I feel I'm in a better place emotionally, mentally. I can attest to
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> Having been there in the early stages of therapy, he's gotten a lot better.
2: Yeah. And I want to pay that forward to other, to other people. And what, what specifically? What the demographic? Well, yeah, I mean, I would, I'll take anyone that'll have okay. me. I
0: don't... Or like kids. <laughs> or uh, like Teachers uh, at risk. Or...
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my parents never got divorced and there are probably many times I thought that they probably should have, would have been better for them. You know, if that sounds harsh, I, you know, I'm sorry, but that's just, All the fighting I saw was like pretty gnarly. Not as bad as maybe some, but it was still, you know, put me in a crazy place. And I feel like I could probably help a a child or a teenager who's been in a place with parents or not in the best place. I've been around a lot of addicts, you know, both drugs, alcohol, gambling, people I've been very close to. So I think that is a very important part of my experience that I could help people with, with addiction. And then, of course, musicians. A lot of musicians and artists don't really have access to therapy as much as you know someone like me who works in television who's like able to afford it so i want to be able to sort of bridge the gap between you know a therapist that costs money but also someone that is like there to help people that have a specific need and i think as a touring musician myself and having been through the gauntlet i think i feel i feel like i can help um, those
1: people as well that's amazing
2: i
0: was waiting for that what advice would you give to someone who's looking to pivot or reinvent themselves at a, like a later age? do you have any advice any wisdom
2: you want to pass on pivoting went through a lot of stories i don't know if there's like a clear line here but if you want to change do it if the thing you're thinking about doing makes you feel good do it like i i think about the daunting task of getting to my therapy destination you know getting the degree getting the certification and it's horrifying poop, poop your pants horrifying but when i think about <laughs> having that certificate in my hand or Sitting in that chair with my brown corduroy jacket,
1: <laughs> with my legs crossed
2: and my cup of tea on the little table next to me, and I'm looking oh, at not my the patient. Coffee. Wow, <laughs> I, I I can't be the frenetic, crazy therapist, right? And I and I see my patient, I look them in the eyes, and they're telling me they're they're being vulnerable with me. That excites me. So I gotta run towards it, even though I'm gonna get hit by shrapnel, I'm gonna break my foot. You know, I might get another <laughs> autoimmune disease on the way. <laughs> But yeah. Um, so if, it, if it's something that excites you, just, just do it. It's going to be hard. Anything that's worth doing is hard. But I think experience, whatever you've gone through in your life, always apply that to the thing that you're moving forward with. Don't look at the mm. past as something to erase or run away from. Bring it with you. Maybe not the ba- like bad baggage, but like whatever your experiences you've gone through, take it with you, right? People that, and I was guilty of this, dating the same kind of person over and over again. W- what am I doing wrong? Well, you're
1: <laughs> you're not learning from your mistakes, right? You mm.
0: know?
2: So bring your experience, whether good or bad, you know, with you to your next thing and apply that.
1: Sometimes it's hard to be like, you know, you look back on the past and there are painful moments, but also bringing the experience and putting it through a lens Where you can help people, you know, and draw, you know, a commonality that they can relate to so that they feel that they can open up and be vulnerable in that way. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to make you a really good person to talk to about these kind of things, knowing that you're relatable and quite the motherfucker. And you've been through it all yeah, and I you,
2: mean, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I think as you get older, you know, you realize that the best thing you can do, and maybe this is a biological thing, like when you have children, you impart your knowledge onto your children. But let's say you don't have children, like I don't, like you apply that knowledge and you give it to someone else, pass yeah. it down like a teacher. You know what I mean? So as you get older, you kind of become a teacher. But quickly, there's a book I just read. It's really good. It's called uh, The Second Mountain by the author David Brooks. It talks about people. If you live long enough and you do the things that you want to do, you end up on a second mountain. So your first mountain is your sort of first twenty-five years of life, maybe. You learn something, you learn a trade, you have a hobby, becomes your love, that becomes your life, that's your identity. You're on that mountain. Then something bad happens, like like for me, you know, realizing I'm never gonna be a rock star or going through a divorce, getting sick, you fall down that mountain and you're in a valley. Right. Mm. And so eventually Because life isn't just, you don't fall and then continue
1: to fall. (laughs) Like I did last year, (laughs) Brad,
0: as we've documented.
1: (laughs) I think you're doing fine. Thank you. So the podcast came. We came in the fall. So (laughs) Yeah, we did come in the fall. So And and exactly. So
2: what you're doing now is you're climbing up your second mountain, right? You love doing this podcast. You know, you intend to get some sort of success from it and and, and you will. You just got to keep climbing that mountain. And so I I like to look at that idea of like, okay, I'm getting up to that second mountain, you know, and- that peak will be my certification for therapy or whatever. And who knows, I might lose a leg and fall down another cliff. But <laughs> but, but as long as you can look at that, that peaks and valleys, right? There's mm-hmm. always going to be a valley, but there's also a peak. And yeah, I feel like I'm on maybe my third mountain at yeah. this point. Sure, that's why
1: I'm <laughs> on. You have quite the range, sir. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, where can people find you and plug your... Wait,
1: we're done? I thought this was
2: four hours. <laughs>
0: ah, we don't it's only storage. been one. Uh-huh. Yeah. I- I'm in a
2: very awesome... Rock and roll band called The Pretty Flowers.
0: They are really good. Um,
2: we I put out see. a record last year. It's been getting a lot of critical love, which I'm very happy about. It's a testament to the focus I think I'm putting on, you know, doing less. I'm in, you know, one band instead of 30. Yeah, I think the focus we put on this record uh, shows, uh, and I'm very proud of it. And I want to, you know, I want to plug that. We're going to put out a new record maybe this year, probably the following year. I don't know. But we're working. Um, I love being in that band. It's a lot of fun. It's a good creative output for me. And then Kelly and I have, uh, have a run club called the Los Angeles Cinephile Run Club. We run through los angeles uh in different filming locations uh so we'll pick a film like you know uh, reservoir dogs Dogs, and we do a 5k route based on locations from that film and we stop and we talk about oh this was the scene where steve pushami got hit by a car um (laughs) something like that uh and then you know encourage people to dress up you know when we did that we had a couple people show up in suits so we try to make the run like you know the, the the run an event not just like you know, another day of running. It's 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 a couple hours of us, you know, looking at locations and talking about movies. There's giveaways. It's a lot of fun. Kind of. It's a nerdy. It's a nerdy run club. Uh, it's well, a lot of fun.
1: I would say, as someone who is very vocal about the fact I am not a runner, uh, <laughs> if I were to do a run, this would definitely be the one that's up my alley where it's like yeah oh really this would be where this yeah. happened or oh yeah. i totally remember this scene and blah 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 and then also yelling at you guys being like you motherfuckers making me run. <laughs> but you know it's that yeah. is a really cool concept and yeah. really that's awesome
2: yeah and you're not the only person that has said that and um <laughs> i try to encourage people who don't run to come because we do stop a lot i mean running is hard i get it um but you know, it's not a race, and so even if you're not a runner, I would like to encourage people just to come. Um, if nothing else, just for some fun sightseeing.
0: Um, your substack or your Instagram? No, no. Just <laughs> I'm just trying to whatever you want to plug. We, can uh, do we, <laughs> we don't want to plug. I, I
2: yeah, I no no no, that's fine. I I do a lot of things. Uh, it would be annoying to just list off all we'll the, put them in the things box. I do. Um, I like to write. I like I like to keep busy. Um, yeah link in bio link
0: in bio we'll put your, it's <laughs> interesting you write about like psychology and music and the intersection of both And your are so yeah
2: i'm i mine i think my fourth mountain will be i'll, I'll be a writer it
0: will be a writer. <laughs> like ooh, it's a hard one <laughs> <Well, I, laughs> but it's fun um great well and listeners you can follow us at i love that for you pod email us at i love that for you pod at gmail.com and follow us at i love that for you podcast on facebook
1: <sighs> anything else red uh, I think you missed your career of being a barker of some kind. Like, that was impressive. I <laughs> was like, a breath. I know. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think I'm, like, picking it up. <laughs> yeah. My ears hurt. But yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I'm going to say thank you, Sean, so much for being so open with your story and telling sure. us all of this. And I learned some things today about you that, yeah, uh, that was really nice to hear all about all of that. And, like, also, thank listeners, um, uh, he eventually will be a therapist. But please do not have... <laughs> Um, I know sometimes there's a stigma about getting help and going to therapy, but I mean, I know Sean said so, but also I could personally attest that those, like, there's such benefits to going to therapy. Please don't feel mm-hmm. ashamed to go and get that help, have somebody to talk to. Um, you don't have to be in crisis to go do that. You can also exactly. just go to talk to somebody. So please look into different resources, hit us up. If you have any questions, we can definitely direct them at Sean. So <laughs> 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 But just in yeah. ways that you guys can find any help that you may need. We're big advocates here for mental health. and yeah, so yeah. thank you again, Sean. Yeah, it's, it's, it's
2: very important and you you said you said it. Don't be ashamed being vulnerable i think is sexy oh. so for what it's <laughs> worth people ladies gentlemen out there uh,
0: non-binary be vulnerable, be sexy go to therapy <laughs> yeah, yeah. that should be a campaign
2: vulnerability right? is much sexier than shame
0: i agree
1: oh well said i love that <laughs> thank you thank you guys
0: thank you, guys thank you for listeners and thank you for coming on babe appreciate you see you guys next week love you Thank you for joining us on I Love That For You. Our theme song is by Vaudeville and used with permission. Our cover art is by Jenny Lamb, edited to the best of our abilities by Kelly and Red. If you want us to spotlight someone, have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at I Love That For You pod at gmail.com or join us on Instagram at I love that for you pod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love. And if you want to help support the show, please rate review and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts. This helps us spread the love and
1: reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you.